Boy, Part 6, The Bicycle and the Sweet Shop Continued. Yes, but what happens to you when you catch it? Young Thwaites had asked. Your teeth become very sharp and pointed, the father had answered, and a short stumpy tail rose out of your back just above your bottom. There is no cure for ratitis. I ought to know. I'm a doctor. We all enjoyed Thwaites' story, and we made him tell it to us many times on our walks to and from school. But it didn't stop any of us, except Thwaites, from buying licorice bootlaces. At two for a penny, they were the best value in the shop. A bootlace, in case you haven't had the pleasure of handling one, is not round. It's like a flat black tape about half an inch wide. You buy it rolled up in a coil, and in those days it used to be so long that when you unrolled it and held it one end at arm's length above your head, the other end touched the ground. Sherbert suckers were also to a penny. Each sucker consisted of a yellow cardboard tube filled with sherbet powder, and there was a hollow licorice straw sticking out of it. Rat's blood again, young Thwaites would warn us, pointing at the licorice straw. You sucked the sherbet up through the straw, and when it was finished, you ate the licorice. They were delicious, those sherbet suckers. The sherbet fizzed in your mouth, and if you knew how to do it, you could make white froth come out of your nostrils and pretend you were throwing a fit. Gobstoppers costing a penny each were enormous, hard, round balls the size of small tomatoes. One gobstopper would provide a, about an hour's worth of non-stop sucking, and if you took it out of your mouth and inspected it every five minutes or so, you would find it a changed color. There was something fascinating about the way it went from pink to blue to green to yellow. We used to wonder how in the world the gobstopper factory managed to achieve this magic. How does it happen? We would ask each other. How can they make it keep changing color? It's your spit that does it, young Thwaites proclaimed. As the son of a doctor, he considered himself to be an authority in all things that have to do with the body. He could tell us about scabs and when they were ready to be picked off. He knew why a black eye was blue and why blood was red. It's your spit that makes a gobstopper change color, he kept insisting. When we asked him to elaborate on this theory, he answered, You wouldn't understand it if I did tell you. Pear drops were exciting because they were a dangerous taste. They smelled of nail varnish and they froze the back of your throat. All of us were warned against eating them, and the result was that we ate them more than ever. Then there was a hard brown lozenge called the tonsil tickler. The tonsil tickler tasted and smelled very strongly of chloroform. We had not the slightest doubt that these things were saturated in the dreaded anesthetic, which, as Thwaites had many times pointed out to us, could put you to sleep for hours at a stretch. If my father has to saw off somebody's leg, he said, he pours chloroform onto a pad and the person sniffs it and goes to sleep. And my father saws his leg off without him even feeling it. But why do they put it in his sweets and sell them to us? We asked him. You might think a question like this would have baffled Thwaites, but Thwaites was never baffled. My father says tonsil ticklers were invented for dangerous prisoners in jail. They give them each, them one with each meal and the chloroform makes them sleepy and stops them rioting. Yes, we said, but why sell them to children? It's a plot, Thwaites said, a grown-up plot to keep us quiet. The sweet shop in Landeff in the year 1923 was the very center of our lives. To us, it was what a bar is to a drunk, or a church is to a bishop. Without it, there would have been little to live for. But it had one terrible drawback, this sweet shop. The woman who owned it was a horror. We hated her, and we had good reason for doing so. Her name was Mrs. Pratchett. She was a small, skinny old hag with a mustache on her upper lip and a mouth as sour as a green gooseberry. She never smiled. She never welcomed us when we went in. And the only times she spoke when, were when she said things like, I'm watching you, so keep your thieving fingers off them chocolates. Or, 
I don't want you in here just to look around. Either you forks out or you gets out. But by far the most loathsome thing about Mrs. Pratchett was the filth that clung around her. Her apron was gray and greasy. Her blouse had bits of breakfast all over it, toast crumbs and tea stains and splotches of dried egg yolk. It was her hands, however, that disturbed us most. They were disgusting. They were black with dirt and grime. They looked as though they had been putting lumps of coal on fire all day long. 